What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Between the Lines Sports Podcast. Today, we're going to be making our picks for college football week 16. Uh, we had some technical difficulties with our week 15 um, recap um, to go over our picks and everything that we made from this past week. Uh, so we lost the data on that. Um, we're trying to find it, but for now, um, you know, we're stuck with what we got. So bear with us. And now we're going to get into our week 16 picks. All right, so this week we're moving into championship week, obviously. So the first game that we have is the Big Ten Championship. This will be at noon on Fox. We got number 14, Northwestern, at 6-1 and one at number four – or not at, but against number four, Ohio State, who is favored by 20-and-a-half. Um, I've talked a lot about how I like Northwestern. I like the way they play. I really am a big fan of Pat Fitzgerald. But all that being said, I just – I don't see a way that Northwestern keeps this super competitive. Uh, on Saturday. I just think Ohio State's going to win. I think they're going to cover. I just don't think that they have any room for error. They're sitting there at number four. They've played less games than everybody else in the top four. So I think they feel like they have to win and win pretty convincingly and impressively in order to stay where they are in the rankings and uh, lock up a spot in the college football playoffs. So although I hope this isn't the case, I think that Ohio State's going to win pretty handily. So I'm going to take Ohio State to win and to cover the 20 and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think Northwestern is good. This is probably the best year they've had and as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, people talk about Ohio State not playing enough games and stuff, but they've dominated every single game they've played with the exception of uh, Indiana, which really they kind of dominated that game until the fourth quarter. They let Indiana back in it. Um, I like Ohio State in this one. 20.5 is big, especially against another ranked opponent, a good opponent, and a uh, a championship game. But I don't know. I just don't think Northwestern will be able to score with them or stop them enough to keep it close. So I, I like Ohio State to win and cover. All right. So the next one we have is number 10, Oklahoma, playing number six, Iowa State, in the Big 12 championship game. This will also be at noon, I believe, on ABC. Oklahoma's favored by five and a half. To be honest with you, I've talked to you about this one a little bit before the show. I just I don't see I, – I, I think the wrong team's favored. I know Oklahoma's really come on. Their defense is playing better. Rattler's playing with confidence. They've really been able to put some high-point totals up. But I think Iowa State's the better team. I know that they've already beaten Oklahoma once this year. I know it's tough to beat a team twice, especially in football. But I'm just taking Iowa State straight up in this game. I think they're the better team. I want them to win. I believe they will win. They have a winning mentality. They have a winning head coach. Uh, Brock Purdy doesn't make big mistakes. He puts the ball where it needs to go. They have a ton of tight end weapons. They're able to run the ball effectively. They have strong offensive line, a strong defensive line, probably one of the better players in the country at, at linebacker. Um, I just, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be competitive. I could see Oklahoma winning, but I just think Iowa State's a better team, and I'm going to go with them to win straight up. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Uh, I think Oklahoma is good, and they've improved a lot this year. But I like Iowa State in this one. Uh, I think their defense is better, and I think they'll find a way to win down the stretch. All right, so the next one we have is the Sun Belt title game. This is Louisiana at number 19 at 9-1 on the season. At number 12, Coastal Carolina, who is 11-0 and favored by three. This is one that's tough for me, too. I think that Louisiana is really good. I believe that their only loss on the year was to Coastal earlier. Mm -hmm. And I know I just went against myself with the 
tough to beat a team twice theory with Iowa State, but I think in this case it's going to be Coastal. Obviously, has had a great year, probably the best year they're ever going to have. Um, I just think Napier and Louisiana, they're going to find a way to scheme something up. They're going to make one more play, and this is going to be a really good game, I believe. Obviously, can't really ask for a much better Sunbelt Championship game to watch on Championship Saturday than this one, two ranked teams inside the top 20 that have been really good all year. I just – with my gut right here, I'm going to pick Louisiana to win outright on the road at Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I think uh, you've done a lot of convincing on me on this one. Um, I, know, I almost feel like Coastal's a little burnout. Uh, didn't play great this past week. Um, yeah, they struggled there. bad to beat Troy on the road. Yeah, very easily could have lost that game. So. I don't know. I like you said, Louisiana hasn't lost all this year, and they beat Iowa State to start the year, right? And they beat Iowa State. Yes, they did. Yeah, and that's Iowa State's only loss. So, um, you know, both of these teams are really good. Um, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of pressure for Coastal. Uh, they have to win to even be in the conversation to uh, get into the playoffs. But even if they do win, I don't see them getting in. Um, but Louisiana, nothing really to lose other than, you know, a, a conference championship. But I think you persuade me on this one to take Louisiana, Louisiana to win straight up. <clears throat> All right. Glad I was able to convince you. Um, the next one we have is the AC championship game. This will be at four on ABC. We have number three, Clemson, who's nine and one, favored by ten and a half against Notre Dame, number two, who is ten and zero. Oh. This is going to be a really good game, I believe. Um, a lot of people are just hyping this up as Clemson's going to blow Notre Dame out, kind of a revenge game. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was out the last time they played. Went to double overtime, and Notre Dame was able to win at home. But I think a thing that a lot of people are, are overvaluing in this game is that Trevor Lawrence might, obviously would have made a difference, but he's not the entire reason that Clemson lost. Notre Dame's offense put up a ton of points. They moved the ball pretty effectively on Clemson's defense, and I just think Notre Dame's maybe a, a little undervalued, even though they are number two. So, that being said, I am going to take Clemson to win the game, but I think Notre Dame covers ten and a half. I think that's too much in this game, and I think it's really competitive. I could see Notre Dame maybe jumping out to a lead again, starting to play well, and Clemson finding a way to come back and scratch and claw their way to win. But I just think this is going to be a classic, really good game, and I think that Clemson will find a way to win, but I really like Notre Dame to keep it within ten and a half. Yeah, I think we talked about this the other day about how uh, we really want to see Clemson in the playoffs, but we want to see Notre Dame play Ohio State and Clemson play Alabama to start. Um, but it looks like if Clemson were to win, uh, they would probably move up to two and Notre Dame would bounce to three. I would assume they would keep Ohio State at four pending uh, them winning. So, I don't know. I think it'll be a competitive game. Uh I think if this game was at Clemson, I would take Clemson to cover. Uh, I think they'll still win, but um, I don't know, ten and a half on the road at a tough opponent is tough for me to take. So I'll take Clemson to win, but Notre Dame to cover. Yeah, and they're actually playing in Charlotte, so it will be a neutral field. But uh, still, like you said, I just I found it tough to believe that they're going to be able to blow Notre Dame out like that when Notre Dame's got the same thing on the line that they do. And to speak to your comment, yeah, it's not really a, a preference. It's more of just my preference thing. I want to see Notre Dame play Ohio State because I want to see those two helmets on the field against each other, just the 
the history of the two programs, all the all the tradition and pageantry and that kind of thing. I want to see those two programs go against each other. It's a matchup that we don't really get to see all that much. Really, we've only seen it in a few bowl games in my lifetime, and that is, I don't know, it just feels wrong for them to be located so close geographically but to never play. So I want to see that matchup in the first round and don't really care who would win. I just want to see it um, as opposed to seeing – Notre Dame dropping and playing Alabama first. Um, I don't know. I just I want to see that matchup. That's just a little selfish. Obviously, both teams are probably going to be in, barring Clemson blowing Notre Dame out um, or Notre Dame blowing Clemson out. I just as long as this game in the blowout, I see them both getting in. So um, we'll just see how it plays out. But obviously, that's uh, that's going to be a great game to watch. So uh, let's see. The next one that we have is the Mountain West Championship. This is Boise State. Favored by six and a half at number 24, San Jose State. San Jose State actually went six and oh, and this is kind of one of the underrated good stories on the year. They've been in the college football doldrums for quite some time. They really haven't had much success. I think they have gone to a bowl game recently, but obviously nothing like six and oh like they've done this year. They have the Texas AM and now Arkansas transfer, Nick Starkle starting for them. Uh, obviously with a lot of experience and probably one of the reasons they've played so well. A veteran guy like that that's played in the SEC, but that being said, Boise State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know. I just This is a weird year. I really haven't seen too much of these teams like we normally have. These are kind of teams that usually play like the Thursday night games like Boise State and you're able to see them or Boise State plays a big-name team like Florida State like they were supposed to and you kind of know a little bit more about how they play against better teams and where they're at. Um, I think I'm going to go with upset in this one too, honestly. I really have liked what I've seen out of San Jose State. I think Air Force is pretty good, and San Jose State absolutely shut them down earlier in the year. Um, Boise has kind of been up and down. They got absolutely throttled by BYU. Obviously, that's their only loss, but still, um, I don't know. I wasn't impressed with that game at all. They got beat by about 40 at home, I believe. So, I really honestly don't have a clue about this one. Just off of what I've seen, I'm going to take San Jose State to win outright. They are playing at home. They've never been in this game before, and I think it means a lot more to them, especially in a season where neither one of the two teams is probably going to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. So I'm going to take San Jose State at home to win. Yeah, this one I was really uh, – I was looking at it before we started this. I really didn't know who to pick. Um, you know, like you said, Boise State's up and down. San Jose is uh, undefeated. I think uh, – I like to see upset, so let's go with San Jose – San Jose State to win outright. Yeah, and this game is actually at 415 on Big Fox, so I think this will be one to tune into. I think it'll be a fun game. I think it'll be really competitive, and two teams that you don't really get to see play, especially on national television much, so it should be a fun one to watch. Um, Yeah, for sure. uh, Let's see. So now we have at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, we have the SEC Championship, which is number one Alabama, favored by 17, playing number seven Florida in Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Um, obviously, regardless of what had happened last week against LSU, I think that Florida still would have been at least a two-touchdown underdog to Bama. Um, now we obviously know the numbers at 17, but I just – I don't see Florida keeping this competitive. I think Florida can score. They might even score first. Um, but I just – I don't see them running it with Alabama the way that Alabama can. Florida cannot run the ball. Um, obviously, we know that they can throw the ball as, as good or as – as be- as good or better than anyone except Alabama. They have trash. They have good receivers on the outside, obviously a weapon in pits, but Alabama's defense has really been coming on, and Alabama obviously is the most elite offense we've probably seen in the college game in a number of years. They're just a, a well-oiled machine. I just 
I could be completely wrong. And I would like to see the game be competitive, but I do want Alabama to win. So I think just based off my head and my gut, I'm going to go with Alabama to win this game pretty convincingly and to cover that 17-point spread. Yeah, uh, man, I don't know. 17, the thing about it is Florida can put up points, and they put up points in pretty much every game they play, but so does Alabama. Um, I don't think either one of these teams have played a team of this caliber yet this year. Um, Man. I don't know. I think Alabama's kind of in the state where um, they don't really have to prove anything to the committee, but I think Florida has pretty much kind of wrote themselves off. I think it had to be a crazy weekend for them to have a chance to get in. Uh, so I, I do feel like some Florida guys will probably, you know, not play with all the uh, the heart and effort that you probably would see them play with if they were going into this game with one loss. So I think I'll take Alabama to cover. Um, I think it could really go either way. I think it could be, you know, more of a shootout or Florida would score late in the game to – to backdoor cover, but I'll take Alabama to cover and win. All right. Uh, and just a funny little joke, you know, Spurrier used to always say in the 90s when Florida and Tennessee was the game, like Alabama and LSU was the past decade or so. Can't spell citrus without UT. Well, Florida, um, looks like you you might fall to that citrus bowl, not even get a New Year's Six Bowl because of uh, that performance against LSU, so that would suck for y'all, but wouldn't yeah. suck to see it. Um, let's see. No, not at all. So the last championship game we have to pick is Tulsa, number 23, 6-1 on the year, at number 9, Cincinnati, who is favored by 14 and a half and is 8-0 and rolling in this game. Now, the weird thing is, is these two teams are supposed to play, I believe, at Tulsa last week, and that got canceled. They said because of COVID, but who knows? They might have saw that this was going to be the championship game and didn't want Cincinnati to maybe slip up with a chance to somehow back going to the playoff. I don't know, a lot of conspiracy out there. But, obviously, they're playing this week for the championship. It will be at Cincinnati at 8 o'clock on ABC. And this is when we talked about, too. I don't know. I don't feel comfortable with this number because I think Tulsa is kind of sneaky underrated. Obviously, they took Oklahoma State to the wire in the first or second week of the season. And it's the only loss they've taken all year. They've had some pretty good wins in the league, like uh, winning at UCF when UCF was still pretty good early on. Cincinnati, obviously, has been the most dominant team in this league throughout the year and has played really well, got good wins against Army out of conference uh, on the road at UCF, took their best shot, um, beat Houston pretty handily. I don't know. Um, it's just a tough number at 14 and a half, but I think it, if I have to pick one, I'm going to take Cincinnati to win and I'm going to take them to cover that number, but I could see it going either way, just uh, off of what I've seen from both. I'm going to take them to cover that number, although I could see it being very close. Tulsa can move the ball and their defense is pretty good, but since he may be trying to make a statement or playing their best game, I'm going to take them to win and cover that number. Yeah, I, I agree with you. This was a, a tricky line. Um, you know, theoretically, we're talking three scores unless there's a two-point conversion somewhere down the line. Um, I think this could be a close game. I think Cincy will win. I don't know if it will ever be in doubt, but I like Tulsa to cover. Um, I could be completely wrong, and I could definitely see Cincinnati covering just because they've been pretty dominant all year, but – I don't know. My gut's telling me Tulsa's going to cover, but Cincinnati will win. Yeah, I can see it. So we'll see what happens there. Hopefully it'll be a good game. And uh, I wouldn't mind it being within 14 and a half just for to see a competitive game. So we'll see how it plays out. 
Uh, so we've got four games we're going to pick that are non-championship games. Just uh, throw a few more in there, and obviously there's some some good games on the slate that aren't championship games. So the first one we have is Ole Miss favored by two and a half at LSU. Uh, I saw this line, and I was a little perplexed. Obviously, Ole Miss, their offense is elite, but their defense certainly is not. LSU is much improved. They played a lot better. Obviously, they're just coming off the upset against Florida, have a chance to turn their season into a five-and-five five year, even though they're not going to go to a bowl regardless. I just I like LSU to win straight up. I think their defense is playing a lot better. I think they'll stop Ole Miss enough to where their offense will be able to uh, maybe build a two-score lead. And I just don't see Ole Miss coming back from that. So, obviously, in what is probably a toss-up game, I just think LSU is playing better. And at home, I like them to win the game outright. Yeah, uh, I'm with you on that one, too. Um, I don't know. It's kind of – it's a little – tricky just because LSU had that big game but I think they'll have a hangover so I agree with you all right the next one we have is Missouri at Mississippi State Missouri is favored by one this is another difficult one for me I mean obviously Missouri big game at home last week against Georgia they put a lot into that they got hammered in the second half Mississippi State they're kind of down and out but again they really haven't been blown out in a while they played better Will Rogers is moving the ball pretty effectively he didn't play as well this week against Auburn, but still Auburn's defense is pretty good. I don't know. That's the reason it's a one-point spread. I think it's a really tough one to pick. Um, Missouri's defense obviously good. They have Nick Bolton, one of the best defensive players in the league and in the country. Basilek's been playing good. Obviously, Missouri can move the ball pretty effectively. But I don't know. I just For some reason, I'm feeling upsets this week in games that are really inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. I think the, the win would mean a lot more for Mississippi State than it would for Missouri. Uh, just to go into the offseason on a bright note, Missouri's already really overperformed where a lot of people thought they would. So I'm going to take Mississippi State to win outright. I honestly have no idea who's going to win the game because I think they're pretty evenly matched, even though the records don't say so. I think Mississippi State has a better defense and playing this game at home. I think that they find a way to get it done in what will be a, clo- a close, low-scoring game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh... I think this game could really go either way. Um, I think Mississippi State will have more of a bounce back week than Missouri on this one. Uh, So I like Mississippi State as well. All right. So then we have Air Force at Army. Air Force is favored by three. They've only played five games on the year. They're three and two. Army is eight and two. I don't know. I I just see this one, and I think it's wrong too. Um, I know Air Force plays in the bigger league. The teams are a little more physical, but Army has tested themselves. They've played really competitive against Cincinnati. Um, they've played other triple option teams like Navy, like Georgia Southern. Um, they've just been real consistent throughout the year. I just uh, – I don't know. I, I just don't see this spread being right. I think Army's going to win outright. I know I've picked a lot of dogs outright, but there are close spreads. And I just see Army at home going for that commander and Chiefs trophy. Either way, it's going to be a close competitive game. I just think Army at home. A uh, chance to go 9-2. and two. Obviously, we know they're already going to play in the Independence Bowl against a, a big uh, group of five – or not group of top five, a power five team. So, they have a lot to play for. They could win ten games again for the second time in three years. Uh, I just – I think this spread's wrong. I like Army to win at home. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we talked about this one uh, the other day as well. Um, I like them to win. I don't know. Just at home, something tell, tells my gut. That's who I need to pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking up and down our picks right now. We've got a lot of dogs winning outright. But, I mean, 
that would be great for this weekend because it would mean we would have chaos and a lot of good football. So hopefully that's the case. But a lot of these spreads I've just looked at and I'm like, mm, that just seems not right to me. So either they know something I don't, which is typically the case, or we're going to beat the uh, spread on a lot of these. So we'll see. So the last yeah, game we sure. have is obviously the game we'll be paying the most attention to early in the day. We've got number five, Texas A&M, favored by 14 at Tennessee. Okay, so a lot of people outside looking in might look at this game and be, oh, obviously that's going to be a blowout. Tennessee's terrible. Texas A&M is this. But I think the game last week with LSU and Florida uh, can can show you that things can get flipped upside down in a matter of three hours in a college football game. Um, I mean, obviously we're both homers. Seeing Tennessee, obviously very inconsistent this year. A lot of things they got to get cleaned up. A lot of areas they need to improve in. I just think that this is a game where there's a lot of pressure on AM. Obviously, we don't know what's going to ha- play out with the championship games throughout the day. AM losing the game last week against Ole Miss might hurt them a little bit as far as trying to sneak into that fourth spot, but they know that they have to win for sure to have any kind of chance, regardless of how the rest of the day plays out. So I think that means Tennessee's basically playing with house money. Um, whether they can capitalize on that or not, I mean, who knows, but. I think our defense's strength all year has been stopping the run. Now, that doesn't mean that we've shut everyone out and, and not allowed some, some runs, but it means that that's our strength, and we've been able to bottle that up for the most part. I mean, we held Florida to 19 yards on 17 carries. Um, we, we bottled up Georgia's running attack for the most part. Um, if you take out a long end around they had, they had somewhere around under 150 yards on about 40 carries. So we've really been able to do a pretty good job of stopping um, the run. Obviously, we, they have Kellen Mond, but he's really inconsistent sometimes against man coverage. So Tennessee is going to have to blitz. They're going to have to pack the box, and they're going to have to rely on their DBs to cover receivers one-on-one. Obviously, A&M's probably going to have to make some mistakes with some turnovers and things too. But I really think this is a game where if Tennessee could maybe get the opening kickoff or get a turnover and get ahead 7 to nothing, A&M could really start to feel some pressure just because of what's at stake. So I don't know. Obviously, that's a homer take, but I just think that a noon game on the road, last game of the year. It's going to be cold. Uh, I think the high on Saturday in Knoxville is like 49. Um, just, it's, I don't know, a lot of things to me are saying that this game is definitely going to be within 14. Now, I do think Texas A&M ultimately is going to win the game, even though that it pains me to say it. I think Texas A&M wins, but I do think Tennessee keeps us within 14. I just think it's going to be competitive. Obviously, Tennessee, the way it's looking, is probably going to get into a bowl game just with the numbers and the way things are going this year. You don't have to be over 500. Um, So they have a lot to play for, a lot to develop. I think if Bailey can take care of the ball, he has the ability to move the ball a little bit, even though A&M's defense is pretty good. I think uh, that Tennessee can run the ball a little bit. I don't know. Just uh, something's telling me that this is going to be a close competitive game, and A&M's going to have a lot of pressure on them. So I could be completely wrong. A&M could blow us out 51-7. I just don't see that being the case. I think this is really competitive, a four-quarter game, and A&M probably pulls away a little bit in the sec- in the fourth quarter. But I think A&M wins the game, but I think Tennessee covers and keeps us really close and maybe gets a lot of eyeballs on ESPN at noon on Saturday. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, I don't know. I've, I just think there's been a lot of improvement uh, from Tennessee the past couple weeks. Um, quarterbacks are playing better, and that's kind of been – our problem, so to speak, this year, just inconsistency at that, that position. Um, yeah, I think either one of those two guys, Bailey or Shroud, if they both play or one of them plays, I think they'll be fine. Uh, they'll be able to move the ball. But I think our defense has played really well um, so far this year, and they played really good this past week. So I think we'll be able to 
keep it close. I think Texas A&M wins, but um, I think we'll be able to, to cover that spread. Yeah, and just since we've gone over a few less games this week, we'll talk about this one a little more. I mean, if you just look back, and obviously you and me both have looked at this, but anyone listening that maybe hasn't paid attention to Tennessee's games as closely as we have, last week, obviously, Vanderbilt undermanned Tennessee. Kind of struggled a little bit early, but found their footing and blew them out. You have Florida two weeks ago. Obviously, it was 31-7 to to start the fourth quarter. Tennessee got a couple of touchdowns late. However you want to view that, Florida did have their starting defense in, and Florida labored for a, a, lo- a long time in that game to kind of get comfortable with the lead. Tennessee was the first team all season to force Florida into back-to-back three and outs. Um, you go back to before that, Auburn on the road. Tennessee is driving to take the lead late in the fourth, fourth quarter in a 13-10 to game before they make the huge mistake of pick six, and that game still – Ended up only being a 13-point game. Further than that, you have the Arkansas game where Tennessee was ahead 13 and nothing at the half. Just go back and back and back. Pretty much every single game this year has been competitive for pretty much the entire game other than the Alabama game and the Kentucky game where Tennessee turned the ball over four times. So just a lot of things are pointing to if Tennessee plays a clean game, this is going to be very competitive. Like you said, our defense has played pretty good for the most part, maybe giving up a few more yards than we would like, but ultimately stats don't matter. It's what happens on the scoreboard. But I think the one area Tennessee definitely is going to have to scheme or at least be better this week is covering that pass. I mean, obviously our linebackers right now, none of them are very good at covering the pass. I think we would say Henry Toto is the best one, and he's still kind of a liability in that aspect. Obviously a run stuffer. He makes every tackle when he gets his hand on somebody, but he just struggles a little bit to keep up with uh, backs out of the backfield or tight ends. And our DBs are going to have to cover a little better than they have. Um to have a chance, but I, I can see that happening. I mean, I can see this turn into a one-game season where the team's fighting. Obviously, I think Pruitt's going to keep his job, and at this point, I hope that's the case. And I can see the team rallying around and really fighting in this game and, and leaving it all out there uh, to see what happens. So, I just I think there's, a, like we've already talked about and covered in rehash, I just think there's a lot of things pointing towards this being a, a really competitive game where uh, Texas A&M obviously is a solid football team, but they're not the offensive juggernaut like Florida or Alabama and they're prone to give up some points on defense too. So I just I, I like this game to be competitive throughout, but A&M to win late. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, you know, I, I'm not going into this week and expecting to win, but, um, you know, as long as it's competitive, they play a good game, good clean game. Uh, I think that's good moving forward. Whether I mean, I think we will get a bowl game, but whether we do a bowl game or not and then uh, – you know, it's good for recruits, good for the guys going into next year, good for the coaching staff. Um, you know, a lot of people have been hard on Pruitt this year, uh, you know, for some of the decisions and stuff like that. But, um, you know, things have definitely gotten turned around. We started out good, had that skid, and now they're going back positive. But, uh, you know, if there was a way we could find a way to, to win this game and kind of knock Texas A&M even out of the playoff contention, that would be huge. Um, so I, I'm all for it. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that we completely flipped the script, but it would definitely uh, change the tenor going into the offseason, probably position Tennessee for a more competitive matchup in a bowl game. Just a lot of things would change, obviously. And not expecting that, like you said, but there's just uh, – I just think there's a really good chance for it to be competitive and how we want it to be. And, I mean, I've always said I can deal with losing. I mean, this is part of it. When you play a game, you know there's a 50-50 shot. Your team's going to win or lose. It's just uh, – the competitiveness, just, just show me that, that you're there. Show me that you're getting closer. You're making improvement. And I, I do think even though this season has been tough from a lot of standpoints, COVID, the losing, the unexpected things, 
I do think ultimately that a lot of players are getting better and uh, we're starting to starting to emerge to see that ultimately maybe if this guy gets some time that we can get to where we want to go. Obviously, he has to make some adjustments schematically and some adjustments in his coaching staff probably. But I do think the the talent is in place if he can just figure out how to, to get it on the field together and to mesh as a team that he can maybe get it done. So we'll see if that can start this weekend with a, a good competitive game and maybe, who knows, an upset against A&M. So looking forward to watching this week's slate. Um, like we – since, like you said, so we have a couple more minutes here. We didn't have as many games. Just recapping the college football playoff rankings. Um, I think I'll give you a chance to say what was most surprising to you, but I think the thing that was most surprising to me was – just kind of the committee, it's almost like the NCAA basketball committee every year, you know. It's like, oh, well, this year, this group of people, we're taking strength of schedule into more consideration, whereas um, the year before, that committee said they're going to take RPI or BPI or whatever the hell they use now. It's just a moving target. And I feel like this year, uh, it's been the same thing. Obviously, hard to evaluate when everybody's playing a different amount of games, but you have Florida loses at home to a team that's 3-5, and five. Obviously, the SEC, tough league, but a team that's 3-5, and five, they lose at home, and they drop one spot in the playoff rankings, and Cincinnati stays where they are, where they were. Now, I mean, I don't know. I just It just further to me shows the point that we need a bigger playoff. Like, mm-hmm. sure, mm-hmm. people want to talk trash about Cincinnati. They're not in the league, this and that. Right. Cincinnati right. has shown the willingness to play whoever. Obviously, this year they couldn't play any of the big boys because nobody would, but they played Army, who was a very tough out-of-conference game. They've dominated their league. I just I feel like a team like that deserves a shot over someone like Florida who blew their shot at home against LSU. So the biggest thing to me is just the unwillingness to move those blue bloods, if you will, or the teams that are always at the top out and just leave a team like Cincinnati who literally has done everything they could to at least get closer to a shot. Um, they just leave them where they were. So that's the biggest shock to me is just that LSU remained right there at number – or sorry, that Florida remained right there at number seven and only dropped one spot after losing that game at home the way they did. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, that's just crazy to me that, you know, if it was, you know, say this was A&M and they were to lose to LSU, for instance, I think A&M drops to at least nine or ten uh, this year. Um, you know, if, I don't know, it, like you said, it's just kind of like favoritism is probably the best word for it. Um, you know, just like in basketball, you see Kansas, Kentucky, and Duke – in North Carolina, always favored going into this year. Uh, going into the tournament, I feel like they get a little favoritism as far as where they're seated. Um, and then you kind of see that since they started the whole playoff thing. Um, you know, they've shown a lot of favoritism towards Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State. Which, granted, I mean, it's partially, uh, you know, kind of acceptable because they've been, you know, the, probably the best three teams uh, the last few years. But, um I don't know if there's ever been a year where I felt confident that they got the top four teams right going into the playoffs. Um, you know, there was a year where uh, Penn State, I think, got screwed out of it, and they let Ohio State win in. Granted, Ohio State went on to win the national championship. Um, there's been a couple other teams. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. But um, it's just kind of like like you said. We've talked about it before. I think there needs to be more teams. You throw in – you know, even 16 teams, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. 16 teams, we're talking eight games. Uh, I don't know who's ranked 16th right now, but, I mean, you have Coastal probably playing Ohio State or Florida or Texas A&M more than likely uh, their first game. So, um, 
the odds wouldn't really be for them, but I mean, they're getting a shot. And yeah, I mean, like I, you said, at least they get a shot. I mean, yeah, I think people, that's all these teams are asking for is just a chance. Like you're talking about UFC, UCF. Several years ago, they go undefeated, beat uh, Auburn in a bowl game, and you know they try to claim a national championship. Yada yada, but you know you give them a chance. I think they were ranked 12th or 14th that year. You know they're playing probably Clemson or Ohio State first game. So. I mean, granted, they beat a good Auburn team, but just a chance. I mean, I want to. Everybody wants to see more games. College football, you know, they want to see. Uh, they want more money. More games equals more money. It's going to draw a bigger audience, I think. Um, just eight, sixteen teams. I, I think everybody would be happy with that, and that that leaves everybody that uh, is deserving a chance. You know, some smaller conference teams that have had a good record, possibly undefeated get a chance and I think that's all everybody really wants I mean I'm right I agree 100% we talked about all these blue check marks on Twitter these people that are the football in quotation marks purists want to talk about not uh, disrupting the sanctity of the game and 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 almost bastardizing and de-emphasizing the regular season that's not the case at all if you make it eight or 16 games you incentivize it even more by telling those top eight seeds hey if you're a top eight seed you get to host the first round of playoffs. You get a home game in your home stadium with a home crowd. You make the money. A percentage of that's going to go to your school anyway, but you get the chance to play at home. How is that de-incentivizing? If you're the number one seed and you get to play the number 16 seed, which I don't know off the top of my head, but I imagine that'd be something like Iowa at Alabama this year for the first round. Iowa has to go to Bama, so they get a shot, but Bama gets to host the game, so I don't see how that de-incentivizes the regular season. Um yeah, the same people that want to talk about uh, screwing up the 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 what is the greatest regular season in college sports, and that's undebated, which is college football. These same people that say that, but then want to change the game by implementing these targeting and stupid ass rules that they don't know how to uh, referee and don't know how to legislate. It goes to the booth. It's inconsistent, and they're like, "Well, they did a great job of throwing that person out." No, they didn't. The guy hit him in his chest with his shoulder. That's not targeting. So they they speak out of both sides of their mouth by saying they don't want to disrupt how great the regular season is, but then they want to change the game with these rules that are just absolutely inconsequential. If you watch the game in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, people hit just as hard, and they did the same exact things. And it's just – I don't know. It's just – it was called a big hit, and now it's called targeting. It's just stupid. They just talk out of both sides of their mouth, but that's just a whole podcast worth of stuff we can get into. But like you said, it needs to be more teams. I think it needs to be more teams. It's just a constant argument. They got away from the BCS because this is going to be better. It's not better. Okay, especially in a year like this. Just throw 16 teams in there. I mean, these guys want to play football. They talk about it's too many games. Okay, cut the regular season back to 11 games or take away the conference championship games and have a four t- or 16-team playoff. At most, there's only two teams out of the 16 that are going to play four more games, okay? The NFL plays 16 plus four preseason every single year, not even counting scrimmages and all that stuff. So these dudes that are going to the league and doing this stuff, they want to play games. It's not going to hurt the sport at all. So just all these arguments against it, I just if we're going to go to a playoff, go to a playoff. The thing you said about um, the NCAA tournament, obviously we go into this when the brackets revealed on that Sunday in March there's four 16 seeds. Really, there's eight 16 seeds, or sorry, six 16 seeds because they have the two playing games. All those 16 seeds know that their shots are long to win a, even a single game in the tournament. It's only been done once now. But the thing is, is they get a chance. 
they get to, a chance to go. So obviously this has turned into a rant by both of us, but just the fact of the matter is, is that this playoff committee, until it's completely unbiased, it's never going to work. Because the biggest thing I forgot to mention was that Florida dropped one spot, and they also have a board member on the college football playoff committee this year. So I don't know. Just a lot of things that seem corrupt about it. Um, obviously we know, I think if Florida, I mean, hell, I don't know. If Florida blew out Alabama, they'd probably still get in. That's the sad thing about it. So I don't know. It's just a mess. Um, most of the time I root for chaos, but I'm really hoping those top four teams hold serve this weekend just so that we see the four best teams play. I mean, obviously I want us to beat A&M for that simple fact, Tennessee to beat A&M, but I don't think A&M is one of the best four teams in the country, so I wouldn't want to see them sneak in either. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just I, I want the playoff to be something to look forward to, and I think with those top four teams this year, it definitely would be. It's just there's a lot of things that could improve it and could make it to where more people have a chance, but a lot of people are against that because they speak out of both sides of their mouth. So it's a lot of things to discuss. Maybe in the off season, that's something we could get into. But um, just I think we're we're on the same page right there. We want to see everyone would want to see more games that would be good for TV and everybody else. So I don't understand why they haven't done it yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean. We'll, we'll set aside, uh, you know, probably sometime in the off season or, uh, you know, when bowl games start up, we could do a podcast on, uh, you know, the college football playoffs and talk about some of the rules and stuff like that. We can, we can do a podcast on that because I mean, we, we both went on a little rant there, but it's probably not even half of what we have built up in our heads. Yeah. It's just frustrating seeing the way things are legislated. Like I have no problem with Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, Notre Dame, that kind of thing. Year, they've proved it this year, and a lot of those teams year in and year out, they deserve to be where they are. And honestly, it's up to the other teams to kind of get some new blood in the playoff by beating those teams in their own conference. So I'm good with that. It's just the teams that are right there on the outside and then complain and whine every year about, oh, well, we, we should have had this chance. Well, no, you've got to beat those teams to have the chance to, to, to even get a seat at the table. So I don't know, just a lot of things. And when you have two losses, unless everybody has two losses, I don't see how you, you even have an argument to be in. So Yeah, exactly. I agree. So we'll we'll get into that another time, like we said. But the biggest thing, yeah. looking forward to the games this weekend. I think there's a lot of competitive games, obviously, um, on neutral fields. But just with lower crowds, too, it'll be fun to see these games played in weird settings for hopefully what will only be one season. And um, no crew competitive <laughs> advantage either way. So looking forward to seeing how these games play out. Yeah, I think we've got a good slate, uh, both college and NFL, this week. Um, some exciting, probably, uh, playoff deciding for both college and NFL so I'm looking forward to it yeah I'm right there with you I'm looking forward to watching these games and just uh hopefully the playoff the playoff picture is pretty clear and there's not too much debate as to two loss or anything like that getting in so hopefully that plays out that way yeah for sure all right guys that's all we got for this time tune in next week